On this week's episode of the Games Beat Decides podcast, Tetris Effect, Hitman 2, Ray Tracing, and Sony is skipping E3, welcome to the Games Beat Decides podcast. And my daughter speaking in the background. It's the internet, you're busy, let's do this. Welcome to the Games Beat Decides podcast. This is the podcast where we decide everything happening in the world of video games so you don't have to think for yourself. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. With me is... It's me, Mike. Mike Minot. <sighs> Mike, I bit my tongue the other day, so I'm like, I'm going to trip over my words even more than normal because it's like just a tiny bit fat on the left side, so it keeps getting nice. caught in my mouth. Yeah, that's the, uh, the... Yeah, it's the... Uh, that audio sound that people come to this podcast for is like, yeah, just a oh, fat tongue. I love the way that sounds. Um, put that in my ears. Okay, in today's episode, we're going to go over some news. We have some games. There's actually a lot of news, but big stuff happening. Um, we'll get to that in due time. For now, though, I want to thank everybody for joining us. Um, you can get more from me and Mike at gamesbeat.com. If you have something to share with us, you can email us at gamespluspodcastadventribute.com or get us on Twitter at GB Decides get or us. at Yeah, get us. Get, get, it. get just get it already. <laughs> at GB Decides or at GamesBeat. I don't know what's wrong with you people. <laughs> uh, and if you are listening to this on the website, there there is of course uh, an RSS feed and all that stuff. You can find that on the post. Or you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitch, Stitcher, and more. Um, if you like the show, you can rate us on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find it. Um, the Intro music this week and for the rest of the holidays. Uh, I believe that's um, from Nights. I can't remember. Uh, I think that's from Nights. And then the outro music is like a remix of Nights music, I think, by Dale North. So you know more about that song than I do. You guys used to listen. Yeah, to I think the first song is literally from Christmas Nights, right? Which was like the greatest magazine like give <laughs> ever. It was literally just like it was like the official Sega Saturn magazine, whatever. Like. It was like in plastic wrap and it had a Sega Saturn disc on it that had Christmas Nights, which was like a repackaging of the first level from Nights with a Christmas theme. It also had like a bunch of mini games, including one where you played as Sonic back before we had a 3D Sonic game. So it was like kind of a big deal, relatively. So, I mean, it was sweet. It was great. It was very cool. Um, So, yeah, good music. That's our holiday music. Um, but yeah, that's, that does it for the intros where we are all squared away for housekeeping. So, uh, Mike, how you been? Like what you've been playing, what you've been up to? Oh gosh. I mean, there's so many things now, right? So many things. There are so many things and it's the end of the year. I'm also starting to think about like catching up on stuff. It's yeah, it's weird. Mm -hmm. It's busy. Yeah. The, uh, really one of the coolest ones I've been playing was the Spyro Reignited Trilogy. I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I, I kind of like I, was, I played the, the games a bit back when they came out in the late nineties. Sure, uh, it wasn't really my thing. That was like my that was my one like. I mean, I, I play PC games a lot still, but that was like when I was like full on into PC gaming, and it was back when PC gaming was so markedly different from console gaming, right. much more than it is now. But uh, but anyways, like these games, they're they're you know they they hold up. They're very fun three D platformers, but the remastering is is really really good the games look fantastic they're like these living cartoons um does is there are all three games of similar quality or do you get the sense well that one got more love than the other i mean the first one might have got more, more love like the thing i love with the first one is like you know when you rescue the dragons uh like in the in the original games just they're they're kind of like palette swaps basically all these adult dragons that you free mm-hmm. and they talk to you a bit and they flow away like each one of these things is a completely different character model with like its own look and like theme like one will be a baker and he's like holding a cake and stuff like just the animation and the character design on these dragons you free in Spyro One is ridiculous it's so cool it's like and it's like the last thing they needed to do like they could have just done what Spyro 1 did, but, you know, make, do, like, work off a better base model for the dragons. Like, it's so much fun just to free these dragons. Like, like, it sounds silly, but if you play it, you would see, like, I was showing my brother, uh, AJ, the, uh, the game. I was like, it's, I'm like, I, I feel like I'm crazy, but it's really impressive how good these dragons look. And he, like, went, like, you, he, like, went up to one. I was like, oh, that's cool. 
And he was just going to check it out to see it. He was just like running around and looking at all the dragons, seeing their little animations. Like it's neat. Hmm. It, it, it does. It does seem like they did put a, like a ton of work into the detail of this game. It, I mean, uh, early detail of the of the visuals. Um, did they change the gameplay or the mechanics at all? Is anything well, like, uh, I mean, upgraded there again. I, I didn't play these games a ton. Uh, right, I know okay. some things that are different is like you can use the right analog stick to control the camera. Like that's the default now. The problem it might be the only way, but you used to use the shorter buttons to do that, right? Yeah, uh, yeah that the, man, right? Video so video. that's yeah, that's that's kind of the big thing here. I mean, I, I think the game is probably controllable. I mean. It's fun. Uh, it's all based around kind of charging and gliding. And so, like, unlike Mario, which is more like the acrobatic, like the side jump, the long jump, the double jump, a lot of this is trying to, like, find a high point and see where you can reach from there. Hmm. This stuff. Uh, so, so now that you've played this and you've spent a lot of time with the Crash Collection um, and... I don't know if I guess there's a bunch of other mascot platform games that we could talk about, but like, where where does Spyro sit in your pantheon of of mascot platformers at uh, this point? I mean, it's so different from Crash Bandicoot. I always say that Crash right. is basically just a 2D platformer with like the extra plane, right? With the mm-hmm. Z plane, it's 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 very good. I like Crash a lot, uh, but it's not it's not flashy necessarily. Which you know, it's, it's fine. It's not it's not Mario sixty four. It's, it's not, not Mario sixty four uh, at all. And this is, Spyro is definitely closer to that. Spyro is also a lot easier than than Crash. Like Crash is a hard game to play. Spyro is right. pretty chill. I'm not sure if I. I think I might like it more than the Crash games. Honestly, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I mean, the, the problem when you talk about the 3D platforming games is, is Mario is still so far ahead of everything else. Right. They're like that's the tier of its own, but the tier right below that, I think the Spyro games are, uh, definitely belong there. And I remember when um, when that Crash Collection came out, you were like, it's better because it's on a PlayStation. It's better because it, it's, stir- it's stirring up those memories, and I'm playing it on the right console for where that where that character belongs. Do you have that sort of same feeling with Spyro, or is it because you didn't play it, you don't? No, I still have that feeling. I still associate this game so much with the PlayStation that it, it maybe not quite as weird as Crash but it would still seem weird to me to play an Xbox One. Now, I, I'm sure I would get over that, and definitely, if you have an Xbox One and not a PlayStation 4 and you want to play Spyro, it's not a big deal. But it is just, like, a little weird to me. Uh, is it is it is it on Xbox One and Switch already, or is it that... It's on Xbox like One from? already, yeah. Day, oh, same day okay, this wow. time. Switch version has ah, not been... I don't think it's even been announced yet, but it's it's coming. I'm sure. The problem, I, I understand they took some, they delayed the game a little bit to get three worked on. So they probably were like, we don't have time to like get this working on Switch as well. We can just do that later, and it'll sell fine because yeah, I'm sure Crash Bandicoot did fine and uh, well better than fine. So yeah, I w- I would probably just wait for the Switch version as long as it's going to be decent on there. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I I um never touched a Spyro game and was always curious and interested. Definitely one of those Nintendo 64 kids sort of looking over, like, you know, just kind of craning my neck to see what was going on with those Spyro games at the time. Uh, so that might be a, uh, a series I want to pick up, check out, and finally, like, really get in depth like get in depth with it and s- see how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, what else have you been playing? What else have you been getting into? Um, well, I think, you, I know you've been playing this one, too. You, uh, you're very enthusiastic about it. It's Tetris Effect. Yeah, it's a good game, huh? Oh, it's super fun. It's such a fun game to just kind of play a little bit at night. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, it, I feel like it, it should be a crime to play this game with like when there's like sunlight about. It's got to <laughs> be played in like pitch black darkness, right? Yeah, you want to. You would definitely want to immerse yourself in it. I think. Um, I mean, clearly, I, I don't know. You're not playing in VR, right? No, I don't have the VR. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you could play in PlayStation VR, that's great. I, I really do think that, that it works well. Although I think, um, I don't know, I felt like it was oversold a bit. Uh, and to me, like, you're playing it on a TV is just fine as long as, like, you, you do what you said. And you take the extra steps to immerse yourself. You make the room dark. And if you can play with a surround sound system, that's even better. Because, really, the music is the thing that is uh, is right. where, that, where, that's, where that game really sort of does a lot of its emotional work. Um but yeah, I, I I love it. So I'm, I'm glad to hear you're having fun with it. Like, how, oh, like yeah. I guess what's your sort of? Are you just having fun with it? Or you're like, is this like a really good version of Tetris, or is it like a really good game? Like, where where no, are you it's super. It, it, no, I I like it a lot. Uh, what's neat is that 
Like, I played Tetris before. I, I, I didn't really, like, kind of get, like, decent at Tetris, though, until Puyo Puyo Tetris. It was, like, a launch game for the Switch, and it was kind of, like, a fun, like, game to get early on for the Switch. Uh, so, like, I, like, I'm kind of just good enough at Tetris now, and then this is, like, the next step where I can get even better and also just enjoy this ridiculous, like, uh, light show with it, right? To give you a deal, like, I'm not, like, a big Luminous fan, right? I never got into that series. But I like this a lot. This is super fun. I think probably because I think Tetris is a better base puzzle game than Luminous is. Yeah, I don't. I don't think even people who are fans of Luminous would argue that. Um, I I was the same way. Luminous just I, I tried to get into it uh, and never could. I could see the appeal because of the the like the light show and the music and stuff. And yeah, that was that definitely uh, was cool. But but I just never had any fun playing the game. Um, Tetris is is timeless. It's classic. It is always in the argument for best video game ever made period. Um, it, it's not one of those games where it's like, Oh, it's, it was good for its time. No. It is always good. And people pick it up today and we'll have just as much fun and maybe more fun than they are having with a lot of other games that come out today, just because it is such pure mechanics. Um, on top of that, this is a really good version of Tetris, right? Like it just feels snappy and good and responsive. Uh, a big part of that I'm sure is that they did make sure that they had the super high frame rate to work in VR, but I think, like, even when you're playing on a TV, you still feel that total responsiveness. And it's just, yeah, it feels really good. The rules are all really clear and make sense. Um, even I even started getting the hang of those T-spins where you, like, can, like, spin a, spin one of those shapes into a place because it's, like, gives you a lot of feedback. Like, oh, you did a good T-spin there. and got, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. So I, I can physically get it into that space. And I started trying and experimenting because the game just felt it, it like opened up that opportunity through the way that it built its Tetris. And I like so, that it like has a campaign though, and you kind of right. go through things if there's this difficulty ramp to it. It's all very, very satisfying. Yeah, yeah. That journey mode is. Um, I wish there was more experience points you got from that journey mode, which is a silly thing to say, but <laughs> there's like some secrets hidden beyond level fifty, and I'm like level twenty ish, and it takes a long time to grind out those those levels. Um. And the journey mode apparently doesn't give as much experience as some of the other modes. Um, uh, one thing we haven't talked about is is the focus uh, that that meter that is. I think, as far as I could tell, only in the journey mode and not in the other yeah, like actually, effects I'm not, mode. I'm not clear like when I should be using that because the lines you clear when you're in focus it seems to not count towards your right. like goal. So it, it like it seems it detrimental. Your score, okay. So, yeah, I guess like going. So, if you want to maximize your first time, exactly, yeah, yes, for sure. So, if you want to maximize your score, uh, you need to be doing focus, and you want to get as many lines as possible during the focus, so that once you reach the limit and the level goes from one level to the next, uh, you don't like leave points on the table. Um, Also, it's just it's super satisfying to try to get as many lines in there as as you can because you know in normal Tetris, the the most lines you can get at once is four. Uh, like there's no cascading or anything. Well, we can, call it a Tetris, right? Yeah, you get a Tetris, um, and in focus mode, you can go up to. I guess the theoretical limit is now 21. They were saying 20 for a while, but someone like there's one person in the world that got a 21 line yeah, focused Ultramus or whatever they call it, Ultras, um, and that. So so yeah, it, it, I've gotten I think 17. I was one away from a uh, Perfectress. I think is 18. It might, that might might be the ultra tris. I can't remember. Um, but but either way, the 18 is like the goal where like, oh, that's like really super good. Um, anything above that is like icing on top. So I'm like, oh, one away. I really want to try to get it. And it, it's like, it is this next, it is still Tetris, but it's like, it definitely, um, like, because it combines all the skills that you need to play Tetris well. Uh, but it, it does it in this way where it's like, it is building and it's progressing through this like through like the way that you're building out your stage to sort of when you activate focus and you start taking out those lines um it, it, there's progression there and then in the moment of the focus which is like this really short burst um there's a lot of like really fast paced progression in okay i got a four line there um i'm ho- i'm waiting for another long piece in the meantime i could take out some of these other lines and they just sort of stack below at the bottom of the well and eventually, you know, you're you're down to your last piece and you want to make that perfect placement. And maybe you can, like, kind of just get one or two more lines. It's really satisfying. I, I really like that as well. Now, so that that kind of music in Tetris Effect, even, there's a lot of genres. You know, like the, the main style. What what do you call that? That kind of, uh, like, I think you call smooth it world music, I think. What do you I think call it world music? 
or world music. Like, yeah. So that, like that world music was like a genre that got, like became popular in the nineties. Um, and it meant like, Oh, I don't listen to like top 40 radio. I listen to like eclectic music from around the world that uses instruments. You don't normally hear in a rock band. Um, and it was kind of, it was pretentious and stuff. And there's, there's some of that pretentiousness in, in this music, but for the most part, it's just like, no, that that's a genre that's just like really mature at this point. And there's a lot of like really, um, th- there's a lot of artists like working in that space who still bring in all those eclectic instruments because they like want to sound different, but also they're just like really solid musicians at bringing in those weird instruments as well as the tr- electronic focus and like, uh, just traditional piano and guitar and all that stuff works really well together. Um, but in general, I think I would just call it world music. Yeah. It's funny. Cause like, I would never see, like search that music out. Like I'd never listened to it on Spotify. <laughs> Whatever that kind of music though is in a video game. I like cannot get enough of it. It's, uh, like, I, I, let's just tear up at all during this game. I heard this a lot. <laughs> well, I, think I don't I, know if I've gotten that. I think I, I think I got close. I got close once or twice, maybe. I didn't actually fully like form a tear in my ducks or anything like that. But um, I was definitely like I felt it pulling at those at those strings that would create that emotional response. And I just don't. It's hard to explain because it's you know there's no characters, and there's no story. It's just all this like visceral it's assault of music and sound. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but yeah, like the music is is so so good, and, and I you're right. I can't get enough of it either. So the other kind of big one is, is Fallout 76, which I, I have absolutely no opinion of yet. Uh, I've, I've been playing it a bit. I have no idea how I feel about like, this So game. wait, you don't think it's bad? You don't think it's good? You yeah. Oh, yeah. Feel I have no idea if it's either hmm. of those things. Okay. No idea. I it's, do, um, I do not it's one, know. I downloaded it. I'm like, I have it on my PC. and I just haven't had time to boot it up. I was, um, there was too many other things going on. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it definitely seems like one of those ones that could get lost because people are just going to be like hearing. They're hearing a lot of bad things. I'm hearing a lot of bad things. Like, yeah, oh, it's completely busted. And it's it doesn't know what it is. And it's not fun. Uh, and I'm not hearing like and like the best stuff I'm hearing is like people are still waiting to see even though, even though the game, excuse me, even though the game is out now. Like, that's what it sounds like you're doing. Um, no one's saying like. Well, I shouldn't say no one. There are a few people that seem to be having a good time, but for the most part, they they seem few and far between. Um, right. I mean, I, yeah, de- like I definitely don't like it yet. I'll say that much. I don't, know, <laughs> I don't hate it. Uh, I tell you, I like just right before it came out. My one, f- I had a friend. The one friend I was playing a lot of Destiny Two was like got back into it because the expansion was for sale, and I was like, oh, uh, let's see what this is like. And I was playing. I'm like, oh man, she thinks that Destiny Two is so much fun. Oh wait, I have right. to play. Uh, this other game now, oh, and yeah. it was like hmm. clearly. I'm like, I think I'd rather just maybe be playing Destiny Two. Yeah, that I mean, and Destiny Two is like having some issues of its own, like winning back fans who are kind of, uh, I guess, feeling burned because at least that's what Activision said they are. Yeah, uh, the, the game's not performing like they expected. It seems so like, like Bungie isn't thrilled that they kind of got thrown over the bus there in that investor call, huh? Yeah, they definitely aren't. They're like, we're happy with it. We don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, screw those uh, guys. <laughs> yeah, man. That, Bungie and their owners, man. Um, but, but you know, not to get into Destiny 2, but the, the point there was just like, there are these games that maybe are better at what uh, at what Fallout 76 is trying to do, or the feel, at least the feeling it's trying to convey to players. Well, that's that's why I don't know how I feel yet. I don't know what it's trying to do. Right, it's definitely yeah. not trying to be Destiny. I understand that. Uh, yeah, and I don't know. Like, and, it, yeah, I know. In a general sense, it's like it wants you to go online and have fun with your friends. Like it clearly is that. And there are like even if it's not exactly Destiny, there Destiny maybe is doing that better. And even that, people are like, ah, I'm okay for now. Um, even though it's really good, apparently. So it's like it just seems like Fallout 76 is in a tough spot. And and even if it accomplishes whatever it's trying to do, do you think like there's a let me ask you this. Do you think there's a good chance that you're going to uh, play this game and we're going to come back next week and talk about it and you're going to like it? Do you think there's any chance that, or not any chance, but do you think there's a good chance that that will happen? Uh, there's not a great chance. That's for sure. Right. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Man, it's weird. It is. It's yeah, weird. It's like, I, I, I guess more so than that, I'm like, is this game going to be successful? And Fallout 4, even though a lot of people complain about that game, right? But Fallout 4 right. made a ton of money. Yes, it did very well. Right, so I'm still like, well, is this going to be a hit or not? Because, like, it just—it seems like it isn't going to be. But like, you can't discount Fallout, I guess. I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, who knows? If there's... They could figure some stuff out, and these games are live services now. Um, I think uh, Battlefield Five's another one that people are like, oh, there's not a lot there right now. And it's like, well, that's going to change really soon. They've already announced their plans for live services. Um, games have regularly now turned their th- th- turned that aspect of their uh, you know content around and been fine. Um, but I just I, I just don't know. Fallout seventy six it, it just feels like so in danger of falling into that gap, um, even though it is Fallout. Uh, it just like that there are enough other games and other uh, stuff. There's enough stuff taking oxygen out of the room that it could just get stifled before it gets off the ground. Yeah, for sure. Um, does that do it for you, Mike? Is that uh, what you've been playing so far? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been actually still playing a lot of Diablo three on Switch. That's it's fun just doing the greater yeah. rifts and stuff. Uh, beat Mega Man eleven again. I'm still really enjoying that game. So. Uh, you know what? Yeah. I will get that and play that this weekend. There you go. There we go. Yeah. Because that, that's when I know is going to come up during Game of the Year. So, yeah. I'll definitely oh, you know, I'll be pushing on. that, baby. <laughs> um. So, yeah. I've, uh, yeah, Tetris Effect and uh, Battlefield Five. just briefly. I haven't really been playing it. I was just testing out because it's the first game to get RTX. And, um, you know, we have some of those RTX cards for, for you know, coverage of this sort of thing. And now this feature's turned on, and RTX, for people that don't remember, is real-time ray tracing that NVIDIA made a big deal about when it was introducing its 2080 and 2080 Ti cards. Um, they they turned it on. Microsoft updated Windows, um, or went back on that update that it took away for a while, that enabled DXR, which is DirectX ray tracing. And then I updated Battlefield Five, and finally got everything working. And it, yeah, it looks, it looks good. It looks good. I mean, <laughs> yeah. not worth the trouble. I just, I mean, look, it's, it's, so this is a very limited scope of ray tracing. It's just reflection. I keep There's thinking you say ray stuff. tracing, by the way, every time you say that, <laughs> I get confused. It's a very limited ridge racer. Ray <laughs> tracing. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I guess it does sound like that. Um, <laughs> it's, it's only reflections in Battlefield Five. There's a bunch of other stuff you could do with that. So it means when you're looking at puddles and you're looking at mirrors and you're looking at they're windows, the best puddles ever, right? And like that. So that's where we're we're back at puddles in 2018, which is a very uh, weird oh, place man, to be. Spider Man, yeah, right. If Spider Man like, had yeah. ray tracing, they wouldn't have had to take that puddle away. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's just so weird to be like. To be like, ah, guys, yeah, it's a, I mean, maybe it's different. It doesn't look like it. Actually, maybe the game's been upgraded. The puddle's different, though, sure. Oh, it's um, a puddle. Uh, but, but it's like, it doesn't matter. It's just a puddle. And now to go and be like, okay, man, we are going to fuck you up with these puddles. We are going to, like, go get a $1,200 graphics card, spend an hour trying to figure out how to get this Windows update to work, come back, install Battlefield Five, turn it on, and look at these puddles. And it just go. it feels very um I don't I mean I don't know. Like superfluous? What, what, what yeah, so, I mean definitely superfluous, without <laughs> a doubt superfluous, but I just there's like no analog to like what like other industries that do this sort of thing. Like I I, I mean I guess maybe like super high end music uh, equipment, I guess. I don't know, but it just it just feels so needless at a certain point. And yet it does look better. It does look good. <laughs> it it is impressive. But and well, you still have still a cost gameplay there. interaction there, right? I mean, for sure, it's yeah. kind of going to be inherently under. I mean, you know, to a degree, the, the new graphics are cool, but I don't know. Like when it's well, I mean, like, it's amped up this much for right. for for the best puddles ever is really what you get. I don't know. Right, and and and, and you know the the cost computationally is there. Like you are going to turn these on, um, and it's going to default to low because if you don't. If you turn it up beyond that, you're going to have to start turning down everything else. Everything else has to go down to high, probably medium. Another um, thing that's going to zap, uh, zap the frame rate, huh? Right. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, what you're, de- what you're definitely giving up frames to get this. And, I mean, God, I think most people most people want those frames. Because, like, as you said, yeah, that affects important. gameplay. It absolutely affects how smooth the game feels. It affects your aiming in a first-person shooter. No one with a brain between their ears is going to turn this on for multiplayer. Like it's just going to be t- off all the time. Most people play battlefield five multiplayer. So it's weird. It's weird. And I, I still think it's inevitable. I still think it's going to be in graphics cards for the, the foreseeable future, at least from NVIDIA. And 
And developers are going to still want it because it is cheaper and faster and it looks better. There's a lot of positives there. Um, but, but just for now, it's like, it's still at this point where, okay, I get it, but this is nothing to be that excited about if you are a normal functioning human being. So yeah, that's, that's ray tracing. I'm sure we'll revisit it as more ray tracing, ray tracing. <laughs> oh man. That's fun. I think that's our podcast title. There's an argument um, with some really good kind of uh, world music. Ridge Racer? Yeah, I wouldn't know. Be- I'm playing uh, the original one on PlayStation, yeah, yeah. my actual one, you see. And yeah, I'm surprised. You disc. <laughs> and, and I'm surprised. I had no idea the music was so good at Ridge Racer 4. <laughs> I was like, geez. You know, it's weird that you would go out and buy that disc for a lot of money and put it into your original PlayStation when the P, uh, when that PlayStation Clash is coming out. What so can I say? I'm very, crazy. You're very crazy. I'll tell you what other game I happen to buy and play on my PlayStation that has a surprisingly great soundtrack is uh, Battle Arena Toshinden. Fantastic yeah, I mean, soundtrack out of you're nowhere. Just, you're just so wacky, dude. I can't believe you're going crazy. out there in these games. I mean, well, you know you're doing that review for us. It's so strange that you would... Uh, well, who knows what that thing's coming in, though? It's the yeah. mystery. Uh, hey, you know what I'm not playing? Uh, like, I never really... I didn't realize I wasn't playing it until I thought about it. Is Red Dead Redemption 2? Yeah, man. Like, I mean, look, uh, since I, I came back from BlizzCon, I think I, I started up one time, and I played it for a while. I'm like, yeah, this, this is fun. And then ever since then, when I have time to play a game, and I'm kind of looking at the games I can play, I'm, I'm not going to Red Dead first, it seems like. I, I don't. I, here's the thing. I really don't think you're alone. Like I, no. I was, I was being pretty vocal about my disappointment. But then I'm like, I'm trying to like see how other people are responding to it. And I think a lot of people respect that game. And I think a lot fewer people like like it, respect uh, or, or, or love it. it. Yeah. Um. There is. There's a lot in that game that is like, wow. I can't believe they that someone did this. That there was a, a group of people out here who spent this much time doing this. That is admirable. Um. And there's a lot of stuff that I think is admirable, admirable that I don't really love. And I think a lot of people are kind of coming to that or they're falling into that situation with uh, their relationship with Red Dead. Um, I will be interested to see how that game performs for game of the year, uh, just from a sort of video games, uh, video game fandom is sports sort of stance. Like, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm not playing it either. I, I've, I, I'm busy. I've fallen off. I'm not. Re- I wasn't. Yeah, really and I'm, I'm at this yet, place so. now where I'm like, oh gosh, I got all these other things I want to play. Among them, you know, Smash is going to be happening soon. Uh, I want to beat Hitman once, like so I could play Hitman two. <laughs> Here, here's an idea. Instead of like difficulty levels, video games should have time options. Like time options. Here's I want t- this game to be ten hours. Long. Here's the twenty hour version of this game. Here's the forty hour, and here's <laughs> like, the like the full thing. Like, yeah, give me that. I'm 35. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah. Speaking of Hitman, I have. Uh, I'm still playing a ton of that. We talked about it last week. Um, when I reviewed the game, I, uh, I, you know, I'd spent enough time with it. I'd been through each level. I was spending more time with like um, individual levels, um, and I was like, okay, I, the, that's all great, and I really do uh, love this game. I think I gave it a 91. Um, had I had more time, though, I would have given it a much higher score because uh, I have spent like 12 to 15 hours in just Miami, and I'm still like discovering new stuff. I'm still doing new things, and it all, it's all still as exciting as ever, and my knowledge of learning the levels is like still building on itself in a really satisfying way, and that is like the core of what makes Hitman like really, really good, um, and, and this game just nails it so, so well. Uh, and because, especially because those levels are just so much fun to learn in the first place. And, um, I've also spent a lot more time with the last level in Hitman 2, which I won't spoil because it really is great. Um, and yeah, just sort of, I'm falling in love with that level now. And it's just, yeah, a a really good game. And I'm going to be, when I get free time, that is the one I'm going to like when I'm not like forced to like go check out ray tracing, ray tracing in, (laughs) in battlefield five. I'm uh, I'm playing Hitman 2 like I streamed some of it last night just as an excuse. So, yeah, still really in love with that. I'm looking forward to you getting through the, the rest of Hitman 1 so you can uh, really give this a shot. Yeah, and I, just get I, through Hitman 1 story uh so and then yeah, play on Hitman 2 like, because cuz you can contracts. you can always go back uh and play uh the the Hitman 1 levels in Hitman, Hitman 2 with all the new features and everything. So, yep, good game. All right, Mike, we, uh, we, we, that was a half an hour of power right there. Now we got to get into this news. So, uh, how you feeling about that? Let's do it. All right. Get to it, baby. 
time for some news. I don't think anybody's happy when I say the word baby. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so, Mike. <laughs> no, I, look, I was asking you to confirm or deny. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm really thinking about it now, Mike. I'm, I wonder if even babies would feel good about that. <laughs> no. Um, all right, up first, uh, PlayStation is skipping E3. Yeah. What the hell? That was surprising. Yeah, we were, I'm like, I wasn't feeling good yesterday, and I'm like, sort of like half paying attention to Slack. I'm like, I, need, I think I need to just take a nap. And then I just see you and Dean both type, whoa, <laughs> in, uh, in chat or whatever in Slack. And I'm like, what's going on? And I see that. I'm like, wait, what? Like, this is not, like, okay, are they just doing, they're doing like the EA Play thing? Nope. They're just not doing anything near or around E3 at all. So, um, this this was a, so it broke yesterday after the ESA sort of was like, here's who's going to be at E3, and they didn't mention Sony, and the people are <laughs> like, like, what's wait, going wait, on? Something's missing yeah. here. So Variety sort of, I think they nailed it down, like, oh, it's not happening, and then Game Informer got the um, the quote. Do you, do you have that by any chance anywhere near? The I, Game I Informer quote? Yeah, the one that's in the Pull it up in a one. second, probably. Yeah, do that for me. That'd be great. Um, so, yeah. So, so Sony just is basically doing what they did with PSX. They are um, holding back, holding off, and they just won't They won't have anything on the show floor, uh, and they won't be holding any press conference, any announcements of, anything, of any I sort. I for you. Yeah. So th- and then they, someone asked them about it, and they sent this quote off to Game Informer. Can you read that, Mike? As the industry evolves, Sony Interactive Entertainment continues to look for inventive opportunities to engage the community. PlayStation fans mean the world to us, and we always want to innovate. Think differently and experiment with new ways to delight gamers. As a result, we've decided not to participate in E3 in 2019. We are exploring new and familiar ways to engage a community in 2019 and can't wait to share our plans with you. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm delighted. Um, so delighted. I, I don't know. Um, I, I think there's you could read this any way you want. I think... Um, the way you're going to read this story, this news, this announcement is going to depend greatly on what you think Sony has up its sleeve. Um, I, well, that's my, the question, my, right? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I guess what is your, like, what is your reaction? Like if you had to say, this is what's going on, what would you say? Man. Uh, I, I tell you what I don't, I don't know. Because like the theory is floating around, the popular ones are uh, that they're just going to do a PlayStation experience this year, right? And that seems right. that seems pretty likely that they might just do that near December again, and that the timing might work out. Or that's where they announce PlayStation Five. I don't know how right. much of it they show, but that could happen. So that that seems most most likely to me. I uh, I definitely uh, the PlayStation Five is clearly coming. Uh, yeah, I, I I will say um, I think Jason Schreier. Jason Schreier said uh, d- developers he speaks to say, "Oh, it, it's it's coming 2020." Um, he didn't. I don't. I don't know if he really provided a lot of like detail about like exactly what they're saying. A- as far as I could tell, most like big publishers haven't been sort of briefed on a PlayStation Five. Like I I, I think like I, you know I've talked to a few people here and there and a few publishers. And from what they're saying, it sounds like like it could be coming, but if it is, it's definitely going to be very similar in um, architecture to the PlayStation 4 Pro and PlayStation 4 to the point where Sony doesn't feel the need to like make sure we're up to speed on everything because it's not going to be so drastically different. Um, I mean, not, that doesn't mean it's not going to be way more powerful. It's, it will be, but it's going to basically be like, you know, a way more powerful PC. Like the, the NVIDIA doesn't need to go tell everybody about its new powerful GPU because everyone understands exactly how it's going to work and they can get to work on it. And it's, it should take advantage of those games no matter what. Um, but, you know, the, the other possibility there is that, you know, it probably isn't coming in 2020 or if it is, it's going to be much later. Um, and if that's the case, it does, it does seem like, Sony's like, okay, we are reloading for next generation, but we aren't ready for anything right now. And we, the, all the games that we have See, coming I, for PlayStation 4 are coming, and everyone knows about them. And Last of Us is still very far off, and, and like we can't just keep showing this stuff. I don't. I, I feel like it's in a tough spot where it doesn't it have a lot new to show for sure. It's, it's yeah. I mean, even still, I mean, you would like I know like maybe you know we 
Sony's one that is about making announcements kind of just for the sake of making announcements sometimes, but you still think with just showing Death Stranding some more, Ghost of Tsushima some more, Last of Us Part 2 some more, getting some third-party things kind of like what Microsoft did with Devil May Cry, kind of like what Sony did with Resident Evil 2. Like, you think they'd be able to put together a show that, you know, maybe it wouldn't blow the world away, but it would be a show. I, Maybe that's but, not good enough anymore, though. I don't know. Yeah, it definitely it definitely strikes me that they don't want to do that. Uh, I, I feel mean, they like they PlayStation Experience this year for that reason, and they right, and they sp- specifically said that. Yeah, um, they would because they would mostly be showing the same games again, and then like what else do they show? Well, it's like well, you know, in the past you've gone out, you you've made deals, you've gone out, and you've done the legwork to say, hey, um, you Suzuki, let's show Shenmue three here. Um, like if you came out and showed like any up- update on Final Fantasy VII and and you know you showed like the launch trailer for Shinmu Three, I guess I don't know Shinmu Three going to come out before that. I, I can't remember. Um, but basically, you know something along those lines. Like they could do that and get people very excited. Um, but you know maybe they're like, well, that's more promises, more stuff that's coming down the line of Final Fantasy VII remake. We could do an update on that. But who still who knows when that's coming out? Um, and we we just we, we're not in the mood to sort of like do all that. And make all that effort um, for for something when we would still just be showing the same games that we've had for a while now. Um, I, I will say that I do think that they are a bit of victims of their own success with E3. Uh, they have really defined what E3 success looks like. They have, like when you say a company has won E3, what you mean is they've had a, a an E3 like Sony had in 2013 and 2014 and 2015 all those years. Um, and, and that's the clearly helped them, but also like they are now in a, in a period where they made all those games, they announced them, they got them out. They were really good. And now they're like building new games and they're still really far off. And they're just in this drought period where it's going to take some time to sort of like have anything as exciting. And so inherently their E3s, if being compared to those really excellent E3s is going to be disappointing. And I think that they are, they don't want to deal with that disappointment or they don't want to have to like figure out like, how do we teach our audience to be like, this is different. Don't expect the same thing as always. And it's like, no, the audience just isn't going to learn that they want what they want now. So yeah, they're in a tough spot. And I think that's a big reason why they're like, yeah, let's pull out E3. Um, It's interesting. I mean, the PlayStation 4, it's weird because it just had its like biggest year, right? And it feels like that would come in the middle. And it seems like it's coming at, like, the end, right? Like, it does mm-hmm. seem like they're ready. Like, yeah, next year's not going to be as big. Uh, it it kind of almost like what the Switch was like this year, at least in terms of first-party games. But I don't know. It's weird. So do you, so do, do you think that this is Sony saying E3 doesn't matter? I mean... Kind of, but... It, it, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is kind of, right? Like, But it's weird because... E3's probably mattered to Sony more than any of the other ones, right? Right. Like, they're the ones who probably had more big E3 moments, like, good and bad. Like, so much of PlayStation history, like, the important things happened at E3. Uh, so, it's yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to, like, imagine them being the first ones to be like, E3's done. Right. And, yeah, because, yeah, like, and it's not just like, okay, so, yeah, they could do a PSX. They absolutely could, and... Uh, it could be a big deal. It could be a really important show for them, and they, they could build a lot of momentum. But if you like, you look back at the PS4, they did the reveal announcement on their own with their own show, and it built a, it did build up a lot of momentum. But what really launched that console was then coming to E3 and announcing all the details and just beating Microsoft on every single bullet point, one after the other after the other, and then just hammering them like not like unrelentingly saying we are for the gamers like you could just borrow a game from your friend it's going to work we're a hundred dollars less you know less expensive it's uh it's coming out the same time it's so easy to develop for oh my god like all the all this stuff and they just like they nailed it and it works because it is happening in um in competition with another company trying to do the exact same thing and when you can have that like really strong comparison in an e3 setting it's so easy for people like, well, I made my decision. I know which one I'm going with. This one looks clearly better. And they just, that that's the decision they stick with for six years, you know, seven years. So I just, I, to me, like, I just, I can't imagine that anyone looking back at their own history at Sony would be like, E3 doesn't matter. 
Yeah, it's strange. Uh, you do wonder if there is a bit of that Sony hubris coming back because they're in first place again, even though it's not like it was before when they were in first place by a lot. They are in first right. place. And as soon as like Sony does that, it, like no matter who's in charge, Sony always seems to kind of be like, we can do what we want now. Right. And, and you know, and who knows, maybe they do have like some really smart ideas in, in like loaded in the chamber, ready to go. And they're going to really blow everyone away. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see a lot of evidence for that. Just based on um, like what they have done with the last couple E3s and PSXs uh, and even like the Paris Game Weeks, they have been like, oh, like they're trying to figure out like, oh, how do we do stuff differently? So it's not always like amping up one year after another it has to be always bigger. Um, how do we do things differently and still keep people excited? And it's like, well, a lot of hit and miss. Like last year's show, we had a good time because we were there. Everyone watching online seemed to be having a bad time because there was right. like, these really weird pauses and these segments where they were like trying to sell stuff. And it was like, yeah, they, they, they don't they don't seem to really have a handle on how to uh, do a very specific new kind of show that is also exciting. Um, so it's just going to it probably will just end up being like one of their older P- or one of their older E3 press conferences just outside of the E3 context. And if that's the case, it's like, ah. I, I don't know. I feel like you will, you'll get more mileage from that. You'll get more from that as a Sony at E3. Um, because if, you know, Microsoft is still going to be competing with Sony at E3. And if Microsoft has a really good show, um, people are going to be like, oh, wow, they, they beat, e- they beat Sony by default. Not just because, you know, they uh, showed up because if Microsoft drops the ball, they will get blamed and they'll, you know, it will look bad for them. But if they nail it, it's still going to be compared to Sony and it's like, there's no getting around that. And that's still going to be really, really beneficial to Microsoft. I I, I don't know. A lot of this stuff is weird. And I just kind of, I just like, I'm still, I'm not sure exactly where it's going. I guess I still need to kind of like, like see what they're thinking here. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, cause it's not like they're going to come back to E3 in 2020. Right. Like, I mean, things are going to go pretty wrong. Right. Yeah. But who knows? I, Maybe they will. You're right. You're right. If things go really wrong, yes, they would. They would return. Be like, oh, the king is back. That that sort of thing. Um, but it's like I don't know if it sort of goes like how they expect it to. I don't think they come back to E3 because just like why give up that floor space then? Because um, that that's the way like E3 works. For people that don't know, you you sort of lease that floor space on the show floor from from the ESA each year and. As long as you did it last year, you get dibs on that floor space next year. And then once you give it up, anyone could come in and then now they have dibs on that floor space and you can't just go buy it, buy it back from them or outbid them or something. It belong. It, it's first rights goes to that other company. So yeah, who knows? Um, Microsoft and Nintendo both said they would still be there. Um, so I, I guess here, here's the last question on this topic, Mike, are you less excited about E3? Um, I don't know about that. I mean, I'm so inherently interested in whatever Nintendo's doing now, right? Same. Uh, like next year is going to be. It's it's interesting because we, we kind of know we're going to see, but we know very little about those games specifically. Like, I don't really know what uh, that next. Like, we know there's going to be a Pokemon game. I'm not really sure what that looks like. We know Metroid Prime Four will probably be there. We don't even really know what that looks like yet, right? So yeah, there'll be inherent interest uh, for, for them. Yeah, I think I'm mostly there with you. I, I will be um, when Monday night comes around and Sony's not doing their thing. Uh, it is going to feel a bit like a fizzle. It's going to feel a bit like, huh, that's it, huh? Even if Microsoft has a really good one, because like the, the the fun stuff at, about E3 is if Microsoft has a really good show, it's like, all right, now how's Sony going to top that? Like, can't wait to see what they're going to do. Um, and so I, I will I will feel that absence. Uh, at the same time, I it's still. I think it's still a super important show. I think it's like, a, there's a lot of reasons why a bunch of different companies are going to want to get uh, everyone in North America together uh, to talk about new video games coming out in the summer. Um, like there's just, there's a lot of benefits to that. And I think Nintendo and Microsoft both clearly still agree with that. So um, for those reasons, I'm, I'm definitely still excited. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, story number two, PlayStation 4's uh, fifth anniversary just happened. Uh, God, when did it come out? It was like, uh, November 15th. Yeah. Was it yesterday? Like that, yeah. 2013. Five Something years. Something like that. Yeah. So it's been five whole entire years. Back in the day, just... the system would be done. Yeah, I know. Yeah. This would be, we'd be like way, way over the system. 
Uh, as it stands, though, it's still doing really well, uh, and it has shipped uh, 86.1 million hardware units up to the up to this date, and 700 777 million uh, software units. So yeah, it's a really really successful system. Um, I wonder if they're going to make another PlayStation. That's my guess. <laughs> my question. They just may. They may keep this trend going. Um, they might they might see some dollar signs there. Maybe. We'll Interesting see. to note that it's now outsold the PlayStation 3. It might have before, I think, but it definitely has now. So. Yep. So, uh, you know, if it's come if uh, PlayStation 5 is coming in 2020, we get um maybe two full whole years, really kind of one and a half cuz people will be so onto the next system by 2020 that maybe they uh, um maybe they can sort of get over PlayStation 4 and buying games for it. Um, but yeah, that, that the system's still got a you know a few more years left. And I'm just I'm wanting to see like oh do we get Last of Us Part Two next year? It's like a swan song. Um, we'll I mean, see. Last of Us Part One was basically a swan song for the PlayStation Three. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Very late. So, I mean, it came out for PlayStation Four pretty shortly afterwards. Right. Yeah. So like, there's definitely um, yeah. We'll, we'll see. I, I I just it feels like if if the, a lot of those games or if, if PlayStation Five is coming. Um, do a couple of those games become PlayStation Five games first, or they do they do the uh, the Zelda Breath of the Wild thing and become like cross play or cross gen uh, right from the get go? There's a lot of options there. I'll, I'll be curious to see how it works out. Um, do you want to have this conversation real quick, Mike, uh, about uh, next gen games working on on older systems? <laughs> Your crazy conversation. Yeah, we have a bet now. Um, so here, here's here's how it goes. I put this out on, as a poll. Uh, You've brought this up before too. I feel like. Yeah, I have. I, I yes, I do. Um, so uh, the the basically the idea is when the PlayStation Five and Xbox Two come out, um, is there a chance that new games will be made just for those systems? But those games could or or will definitely work on Xbox One X and PlayStation Four Pro, or maybe even like the older systems. I don't know. I don't really think that's a possibility. Uh, but basically, like like a you know like an iPhone, like. Every couple of years, uh, or every year, a new iPhone comes out, and that means like an older iPhone model sort of gets dropped off from support, and people stop releasing games for it because not as many people have it. Um, but still, a lot of people have like last year's iPhone, so you want to keep releasing games for it. And the idea is, a lot of people are going to have just bought an Xbox One X and PlayStation Four Pros. Those systems are relatively powerful still, and this is all on the same architecture like a PC, so you just turn down the slider and let it work on an Xbox One X or PS4 Pro, but really these are the next-gen games. Um, I, I do think that's going to happen at least with one of the companies. I would imagine like if one does it, the other will as well. Uh, but you, you don't think it's possible at all, right? I mean, I think, it's, I think they could do it. I just... You don't that's do a lot of... Not, not just tradition, but I don't know. Uh, that would be such a big change, and I don't think people would react well to it even though it would technically be a good thing right i think people would mostly right. be upset and confused by that <laughs> uh i mean just look at and, and i understand it's like oh so many people have playstation 4s when people have xbox ones i mean that was the thinking with xbox 360 and right when xbox right. one came out people were like we have to re release destiny one and xbox 360 so many people still have that and what we saw instead was people were like all so like ready to move on now way faster yes. than these other generations. And I, I think that is kind of the trend that's going to continue. Like people will be excited and like very almost anxious to get to the next platform thing and anything that makes it seem like the next uh, Xbox isn't like the full on next Xbox, I think is something they're not going to do. I, I, all that stuff makes a lot of sense to me. You're right. And I think that there are going to be conversations. And I think the argument you're making there could be the one that wins out at both of these companies. Um, but at the same time, I just feel like, like think, imagine like a download only indie game. Um, and, and you launch that on Xbox or on PlayStation five. Like do people, wouldn't you just want it to like just work? Like people just buy it once and they could play it on either system. So it's like, Oh, like, you know, I'll get it from a PlayStation four now. And when I have my PlayStation five, it'll just work. It's, I guess that's backwards compatibility at that point, but right. I, and maybe, maybe that will be better off this time. If, if these things are so similar, we won't have those kind of issues where like Xbox 360 backwards compatibility, like took forever and was kind of this weird workaround really in the end. Right. Like that should just work this time, but this other stuff, I, I yeah, I just, I just like reverse I just, uh, like forwards compatibility. I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's just it's so strange because I, I buy so many of my games digitally now, and like I think like I want my library to carry forward, but I want I don't want it to just be backwards compatibility. I want like if I get a Call of Duty in in fall of 2020 for uh, for the PlayStation Four. I, when I go to the PlayStation 5, I want to be able to have that Call of Duty, but I want it to be the PlayStation 5 version of that Call of Duty. Um, and like, I think that's the, I think that's the thing they at least need to do. Um, maybe if there, there are games, there will be games that just work on PlayStation 5. So are you saying like you don't want to have to buy Last of Us again, like you did last right. time? You would yes, just want yes. to have like, that I, version. Right, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want it to be like I, I know there's a lot of money in remasters or, or whatever, but I, it just feels like that's a uh, an idea that's going to have to just kind of like, especially like Microsoft, the way that they are positioning themselves as like we're a platform, like you buy games, you have them forever, um, and it's like, well, if I have that on PC and I get a more powerful PC, like it's it is like I'm just getting the next gen version of that game on PC. Like, why doesn't it work the same way on console? And I think Microsoft would be like, there is no reason why it shouldn't do that. Let's just go ahead and do it. You're right. Um, I, I I think it's har- a harder sell for Sony. Sony might not want to do that, but uh, but yeah, I I don't know. There, there's I mean, a lot of ways they could take this. Like Microsoft is way more likely just because they want to do something crazy, right. right? I mean, we're already the rumor is that they're going to release a the, a version of the next system without uh, a disc drive, right? Right. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that'll be enough. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah, know. Okay. Crazy times. I don't. I don't. I, I just. It's. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of opportunity there for one of these companies to sort of just like surprise fans in a really good way. And you know that poll came back, and it's not scientific by any means, but the majority of people think that it's going to happen. Um, I think you're nuts. Which is, I. I, I thought that was surprising to me as well, but um, I do think it's a possibility at the least, and, and a good, a, a decent possibility. It's not like a, a for sure thing, but I uh, will enjoy that cheesecake when once it does come. Yeah. Out. Right. If one you company wish. does it, I get cheesecake. Like it doesn't. Both of them don't have to do it. Just so we're clear. All right. Um, moving on with the news. Sorry about that. Um, Xbox had its XO18 fan event. There was just uh, not not a ton of stuff came out of this. It was just sort of a, um, you know, it's their fan event, so they mostly are focused on that sort of things. But they're, I guess, they're like, well, we might as well have a a press conference. And they announced the the date for Crackdown Three. I think it's February fifteenth. I just actually could guess there. I know it's in February. It might be like the thirteenth or something. Basically, mid February, we're going to be playing Crackdown Three. They showed online multiplayer for that for the first time since uh, they first announced the game, and all the destructibility is still there. It looked. I think it looked cool. Um, but we'll see. That game is a question mark about its quality. Um, the big news it's though was that it's happening now. Though that's crazy. It is happening. It's definitely coming out now. Yeah, it, and it, it sounds like they got in. It sounds like they, they got it into a spot where they're at least like okay with it. Like I don't know if they're going to be thrilled with it, uh, <laughs> Microsoft, but they're, they're like, okay, we can release this game. Um, the big news is that uh, Microsoft has acquired uh, Obsidian and in, in Exile, uh, two big computer role-playing game companies who have been mostly working in the crowdfunding space for the last couple years, where they're, they you know they position they proposition projects and say, hey, if you want this to happen, give us some money, and they get a lot of money to make these games, or a lot of money relative to other crowdfunding crowdfunding campaigns. Um, and now they are under Microsoft, and they're going to have huge budgets. And no one's really sure exactly how this is going to play out, if they're going to keep making similar games to what they've made recently, or if they'll make games like that, but with, like, you know, blockbuster-level production value. Yeah, you assume they're going to be making something that's a, lot, a bit more, like... Dragon Age than like right. Doors of Eternity now. I agree. That's what I think so too. I think and I think that'd be excellent. I think that'd be a really good use. Yeah, of I think it's great. I think yeah, I think it's. I mean, Obsidian has made those kind of games before, and a lot of them have been very good. So I'm all for that. Um, some other stuff that happened at or around XO18. Um, Sunset Overdrive confirmed for PC. We talked about that a little bit last week. Um. Phil Spencer said in an interview he knows the Microsoft Store is sort of fucked for PC games, and he's going to start putting a lot of effort into getting it unfucked. Um, yeah, he I also like said he didn't say it quite that way. Oh no, he said, that's a direct quote. I'm I'm just reading the news, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Spencer also said that uh, he doesn't think that cloud gaming is necessarily going to ever replace um, hardware local gaming completely. Um, I so agree. The, I, I, I ever is a strong word. Yeah, I guess who knows what we're going to be doing in a hundred years. Yeah. Uh, but it, but as far as like as we're concerned for the next like ten to fifteen years, I think he's right. Um, and he also says like they're completely dedicated, and this is something he said before, but they're completely dedicated to making powerful Xbox hardware. So they're not going to be in like the um, 
oh, it only runs in 900p situation that they were with uh, the Xbox One early in this in, in this generation. So, uh, yeah, kind of just stuff that I think Xbox fans want to hear. Uh, not much beyond that, though. Um, okay, so next story, Nintendo. I guess they won a $12 million lawsuit against a family that was running a pirate ROM website. Oh, the little guys um, win again. Yeah, man. This is a bummer. Look, I, I I don't I don't know a lot about the site that got um that got this penalty, you know, against it. Maybe they were doing some really shady stuff, but it just seems like, man, can't you just shut them down? I, I guess you want to send a warning to other people, but it's about sending a message, Jeff. Yeah, okay. it's just a it's be just pretty super rough depressing. message. Yeah, don't play I, I don't. Games. Yeah, it, I don't. Um, I don't know. It, the thing that annoys me now is the the absolute like just trickle of updates to that Nintendo Switch Online thing, which is a good platform for it. It's just, like, at this point, we'll, if we even get Super Nintendo games on the thing, it'll be in three years. It can't just be three games a month. Like, if that's it the can't. normal it's case, that's fine, but do some big drops every once in a while. Come on. And and th- it's not like, okay, well, we're going to have other options here. Reggie said their focus now for, for their old games is this platform. And... Right, he, he okay. kind of, like, almost made it sound like when he was talking to Kotaku, like they're not even thinking about uh, the town 64 mini and that in fact, they're kind of right. done with minis, which weird. Uh, but it's like, well, you, if you're not, if you're not going to do that, then your classics releases on the switch can't be half assed You need to really go all in on that. Right. You need to be like, it needs to be treated like it's its own standalone platform. Like, a, like it exists, uh, for itself. Like it's not just an add on or it's not just a little bonus you get for subscribing to the thing or a little bonus you get for having a switch. It needs to be a reason to own the switch. Um, and, and to, to make it that they really need to just like be bringing games to it every day and uh, huge, like just huge piles. Like every once in a while, like I said, it doesn't have to be uh, every, every week we're getting 50 games. But like every once in a while, dropping thirty games at once would be like, okay, yeah, the Nintendo s- Entertainment System has a lot of games. I'm gonna play a bunch of these, and man, I bet Super Nintendo's right around the corner. Like you said, right now, who knows? And in, in the Nintendo 64 or GameCube, forget about Yo, it. Who GameCube knows? GameCube seems like I'm not even thinking yeah. about GameCube anymore. That it's, was like it doesn't even feel like a possibility. It doesn't. It should be. It should be so right. Easy. And, and absolutely, is it's the, the system's powerful enough? That's been like proven over and over by a bunch of like I think. This same hardware is running Wii and GameCube games in China. The like the Nvidia Shield or something like uh, like the version that they have in China is running these games already. Uh, but we're not. Who knows? We're not just. We're just not going to get them. I guess. I don't know. It's uh. It's weird. And so and, you know they have the twelve twelve million dollar you know settlement or whatever from this this couple that ran this ROM, ROM website. So I guess maybe use that money to do something. Yeah. Right now, well, they're not actually going to get that money. No, of course not. Because the fan, yeah, they're just like they, they weren't that. really. Right, they they really weren't making a lot of money from doing this, so it's like, yeah, it's a bummer. And I I really like ROMs, I really like emulation. I think it's a great way to go back and play games. And it just stinks that Nintendo's like tearing it down. With, and and they, there's no way they could ever have a real replacement because there's so many games that are going to be uh, in licensing hell. Um, but even the, what they could do, they're nowhere near. Like, right, even what? Yeah, exactly. Like I understand why you know maybe. It's hard to get the Batman game and DuckTales on their thing. For sure. Yeah. Come on. The, the home improvement game or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's like at this get, point, like, you know, get Star Tropics on there already. Like, talk to, mm-hmm. you know, Konami and get the Castlevanias on there. That can't be that difficult. Yep. Yes. Okay. Um, next story. Uh, let's see. Okay. Did you did you watch this video I sent? The one of the, um, the Russian Nintendo president? Like coming on I a live stream. Uh, I read about it. Uh. So this is this is it looks like a nightmare. Um, so, so a bunch of Nintendo fans in Russia put out a video, and it starts with like a plea, like to the rest of the world. That's basically like, look, y'all, Nintendo fans in Russia have it bad. Our like Nintendo of Russia president Yasha, whatever they, I guess they just call him Yasha, uh, is a bully and a nightmare, and he thinks that all the Nintendo games are going to fail in Russia, so he doesn't, like, put a lot of effort into them. Like, we're not even getting, like, Pokemon Eevee. Like, they're only getting Pokemon Pikachu because <laughs> he doesn't think people like Eevee. What and it's like... Decision? How is he allowed right, to make that decision? Right, exactly. Uh, but it's like, okay, maybe they're just overreacting. And then you watch this video, and this man, 
this president of a like a like it is equivalent to like Nintendo of Europe or Nintendo of America in Russia. This man just comes on, and they're trying to run a Mario Kart tournament, and it's like the, the you know the the Treehouse equivalent people are on the mics, they're talking about it, and apparently the the Nintendo of Russia president didn't get a notification on his phone that VK.com that they went live on VK, which is the, like the you know the Facebook of Russia, and. People pulling it out, like in the video, in the YouTube video, there's a the, like text that just says VK doesn't send notifications to every person every time. It's sort of like an algorithm they use, and apparently he didn't get the the one that time, so he he doesn't understand that though. So he's like, "Are we even live?" And he's behind these people, and he's calling them uh, the R word, like Artard, like and and in Russian for the most part, but um, he does slip into English every once in a while, and he's just berating them and like saying he's gonna fire them, and you could hear it all happening on the stream, and he's in the frame and he's off the frame and, and the people that are trying to run it are just like trying to cover their microphones and looking so uncomfortable and it's bad. It's so bad. And it's like, uh, how does this happen? Like how does like Nintendo let this happen? And are they going to do anything about it now? Um, I, I don't think we've had any update there. Uh, but yeah, it looked, it looked rough. I feel it weird. For... seems weird. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, it, being a fan of a company is a weird relationship anyhow. Um, but like, I like, Reggie, I like the way that he treats his job and the way he like the way he, he does a very good job of being professional and kind right. of like comfortably distant while seeming approachable and warm. You know, yeah, he's very yes, he's very good at that. He is a figurehead and he and he plays that role really well. Uh, and I think Phil Spitzer kind of gets in there a little bit. And I think um, Adam Boys was doing that for a while. Shu Yoshida at PlayStation PlayStation still does that really well. Um, and, you know, then there's other other executives that are like way more standoffish, and that's fine too. They're doing real jobs, like they're doing their jobs, and that's fine. Uh, what you can't be is like this guy, though. This is like a whole other thing. And I, yeah, I really hope Nintendo gets it figured out and does something, and just gets him out of there. Like clearly, just fire the guy, um, and and put someone in there that actually likes Nintendo games. Apparently. Um. Okay, so just a couple more stories. Uh, THQ Nordic still acquiring a bunch of companies. They acqu- uh, acquired um, Wreckfest developer Bugbear. Um, who else? They got another, they got a coffee stain as well. Who does a uh, goat simulator? Um, I feel like they acquired someone else, but I don't have it. Um, they acquired like the rights to uh, some, some uh, strategy series. You played the last one. It was some, something crusader. No, it was like one of them was Vikings and the other one was, uh, Oh, right. Yeah. Expeditions. I, I Expeditions. Uh, yes. They, they, well, they didn't get the company, it sounds like. They're still just going to work with the company to make the third one, but they have, like, the rights to the franchise now or something. It's okay. a little yeah, confusing. No, nah, it's a weird... It's a confusing publisher right now. Uh, THQ Nordic has acquired a bunch of stuff. They also got, like, Kingdoms of Amular. Or Amular uh, but, like, I don't think they have the publishing rights. They just have, like, the content. And then they're going to have to work with EA to get the publishing rights or something. Um, it, 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 and there's a whole other like slew of stuff. They, they're making Darksiders 3 right now. That's about to come out. So they are, they're making deals. And who knows if they're going to pay out. Pay out. Um, I, I'm really interested to see like what this company is like, thinking long term. Right now, it just seems like acquire anything and everything that looks like a video game. That, that's what it looks like they're at right now. I, I get why they got um, Wreckfest and uh, Goat Simulator. They're trying to build up their like Devolver Digital side of their business, where it's like we have digital only games also, and we're going to build up that wing, and and this is a big part of that. Um, but I, I, mean, I don't know. Devolver Digital doesn't own a lot of studios to do that, so it's I don't know. It's weird. Um, Telltale, that ongoing saga, uh, looks like they're entering bankruptcy, and a lot of their games have been de- delisted from Steam as part of that process. So. The, the crashing and burning is still crashing and burning, and it's just a, a real nightmare over there. Um, and then last story, Xbox One is getting, or I think it just got keyboard and mouse support for uh, Fortnite and Warframe. So, uh, yeah, times are changing for consoles. Like They're just sort of, you know, old norms are, are fading away, and they're like, yeah, go ahead and play with keyboard and mouse. We don't care. Yeah, um, why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah, I, I think that that's going to do it for the news, Mike. Anything else from you? Anything else you wanted to talk about this eh, week? No, uh, they just announced a new expansion for Final Fantasy XIV. That's exciting. They're going to be. They're that is blue. exciting. You know what's funny is they 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 heavily tease that those bunny people are going to be playable. The same ones they said they couldn't do before because they don't know how to make high heels work. Was, right. Oh God. We were dying because I was like, it didn't even occur to them that they <laughs> could not have the bunny people just not wear the high heels. They don't <laughs> care. 
Oh man, they've cracked the code. The high heel code has been cracked. My I like to imagine like, everything. somebody said, wait, what if we just don't use the high heels? And it's like that Pikachu reaction. No, it's actually part of their their flesh. So, like the high heels don't come off. So yeah, okay. just can't do it. All right, Mike. Um, let's go. Let's end this whole thing. That was a that was a beefy yeah, podcast. Uh, ne- next week is Thanksgiving, so we won't do one late in the week. We'll probably it's just me and Mike next week. Like everyone else is off or traveling or something. Um, so we'll probably do a podcast early in the week. We'll make a short one. I think we're gonna play some uh, some some of that Hitman Two elusive target mission. So if you want to watch that, come in on Monday on uh, twitch.tv slash GameSpeed. Uh, but for now, Mike, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on the internet? You can find me at GameSpeed. Uh, always right there. I'm also on Twitter as Tolkoto, T-O-L-K-O-T-O. And I do the Exploding Barrel podcast every week with my brother. That's at ebpodcast.com. And I am Jeff Grubb on Twitter. Um, on Twitch, I'm twitch.tv slash Jeff Grubb. And then YouTube, youtube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb. Uh, you can get all my stuff there. I, I'm gonna try. I got my upload speed fixed. I had Comcast come. It was uh, like going down to like 0.5 megabits per second, which is bad. Um, back up to around 10 now. So I'm gonna be streaming a lot more. Um, definitely a lot of Hitman probably over the holidays. Um, and I'm gonna be catching up on some Game of the Year stuff. So I'll be playing some other games like that, like Mega Man. There you go. All right. Uh, yeah, Mike. Let's get out of here. Uh, you have a good weekend, and I'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye. Played the wrong song, Mike. I'm gonna just hit wow. this real quick. I'm gonna Wait. hit this just real quick, just so people get a little bit of it. You a little suck. bit, a little taste. You're I know. Awful. That's so good too. It's almost world music. I guess not. It's just a piano. It's literally not. Yeah. I. I mean, I, I'm not the. It's chill. Ask about the definition of yeah. It's definitely it's yeah chillax music. That's a good genre. Thank you, Dale. Get to the jingle bells and then we'll leave. Yeah, all right. All right, everybody, have a good one. Now we're saying goodbye for real. Bye.